Hi, I'm Shane Hurlbut. I'm an ASC cinematographer, and I wanted to kind of talk to you about something. Getting started in this industry is almost impossible. And my wife, Lydia, and I, 14 years ago, created a resource called Filmmakers Academy to make it possible. We saw a lot of gatekeeping in this industry and not a lot of sharing knowledge. So we wanted to pull back the curtain, give you confidence, teach you all the necessary skills to be an amazing, successful filmmaker, and package it all on this online resource that you have at your fingertips, on set, on your phone, on your laptop, whatever it is. So we're going to give you $50. So if you go into the show notes, click the link, and hit the promo code FAPOD50, you're going to get $50 on your first year of an all-access membership. And I cannot wait for you to join our immense and immersive community at Filmmakers Academy, where we network, we share knowledge, we just bond as this huge filmmaking uh, resource to ignite your creativity and push you beyond your boundaries. I cannot wait to see you in the Academy, and let's get to the podcast. In this episode of the Inner Circle Podcast, we are going to dive in deep into the tech of Ed Lockman's EL Zone system. And what's so beautiful is he's taking something that's very analog and he's bringing it to the digital age so we can actually understand two stops down, three stops down, four stops over. What do these all look like? So we're using kind of the film language of exposures and bringing that to digital. We're gonna dive into all these different readings. We're gonna go through how IRE values and waveform monitors and false colors are not very specific, and they're also not uh, consistent over monitor platforms. All right, let's dive into this, Ed. How you doing, Ed? Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. So uh, I, I like to just get right to it. Mm -hmm. uh, we we know your slate <clears throat> of amazing imagery as a cinematographer, and uh, we are going to talk all about the tech today, and specifically the EL Zone system uh, that you've kind of created. So kind of tell me a little bit about this system. Well, I'm not that technical, so I'll, I'll start like, 50 years ago when I was in art school and I decided I wanted to like create images photographically, I wanted to figure out like how do you create like a style, a look with latitude and exposure? Well, you know, when I looked around at my environment, when I looked at paintings, when I looked at photographs, when I looked even at other films, it was like a mystery to me like how do you create that exposure range and latitude. So I kind of referenced something that I was studying at the time, which was Ensel Adams' uh, zone system, in where he was able to place the negative where he wanted the exposure to read the shadow detail and to read the highlight detail and not lose one for the other. And so I created my kind of my own system, which I, I brought like a reference back then where 
I would shoot Polaroids. There were 3,000 ASA Polaroids. Okay. And my gaffer, John DeBlau, who I still work with, worked out on the back of the Polaroid camera what ASA I worked with to what stop that there was a, a, a scale that would equate what the exposure. Okay. Now, in a weird way, when I thought about this, these Polaroids were almost like 709 rec right. because they didn't have the range that a negative would have, but they would put me in the area of where I had exposure. Yeah, I, I saw the Polaroid as almost throwing a LUT on it. Exactly, yes. exactly. So I would write the ASA of the film stock. This was, wow, 5296. Okay, this yeah. Was, and I would read it with my spot meter. Because all my interiors I would read was, I would use a spot meter and an insert meter outdoors. I okay. kind of learned that from uh, Sven Nyquist. He would always light his interiors with a Pentax 5 spot meter. Okay. And, um, and then I would write the actual stop on the Polaroid. So I had a visual reference, which now I can do, now you can do, through your camera, because really your camera is your spot meter today. It's right. really your your camera is what all this work was to, for me to write it. Then I would write in my book, you know. Yep, I'm right alongside you. Know, with you. I did where, the book of light. Where yep. the lights were, where the ASA was, where the uh, exposure was. So I had a reference because, you know, we're always faced with coming back to re-photograph or recreate what we've already shot on that location. So another thing about this that came about, because I didn't know this would work digitally, but I was like kind of thrown to the wolves when the digital world came in. It was like, wow, how do I understand exposure in the digital world with a sensor? Because now I have a DID, a DIT telling me, what my exposure should be. Right. Or I have a camera manufacturer telling me green, everything is good. That doesn't help me. <laughs> I don't know what's good. You know, I, 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 I want to be the judge of that range of exposure of and the subtlety of the exposure. Because when I shot in film, I had the uh, creative ability to adjust the look by the ASA I shot the film, the lenses, the feeling of the lenses, and the way I worked with the lab. Yeah, whether you're pushing or pulling. pulling or, yeah. And then the way I used my light meter. Like, I, So all those things were factors to the way I created the image, which now in the digital world, do I have those abilities to do this? So I was very fortunate because I've been talking about this for over 10 years to different camera manufacturers because for selfish reasons, I just wanted it in the camera if it could be done. So I sure. knew what I was doing visually right. with in the digital. <laughs> I didn't know anybody else would be interested in it. And actually, Barry Russo at Panasonic was one of the first people to get it. He started out as a DIT and loved the idea but it was very hard to show people what this could be because IRE and um, false color, which I call false exposure, 
everybody has a different interpretation of what false color is. The colors are not the same for no manufacturing. at all. Even the percentage of IRE is not the right. same between manufacturers. And guess what? When I did the research, what IRE stands for, it's the international radio engineers from 1895 that tracked lightning. <laughs> so we're, as cameramen, we are judging our exposure on radio signals, that doesn't sound so good. No, you know that's not what my. You know, when I looked I, that up, when it was so funny because I'm like, "What does IRE stand for?" We all talk about it, so I deep dive as well, and I'm like, "What is going on here?" Right, and then all right, so now we have waveform monitors. Well, yes, they show you the the curvature of the exposure but they don't map the exposure of exactly what your frame is. Correct. So when I when Small HD came on board with this, it was godsend because now I could map the exact exposure of the frame in stops because everything that we work with is still in stops. Correct. The way you communicate to your gaffer. I don't talk to a gaffer I need... IRE such and such number on, we talk and stops. If you use a meter or not, your camera is your light meter. Exactly. Hey, give me another half stop out of that back. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, so it, it, on the set, it, we still talk and stops. Even when you you do, you're in post, you talk and stops about how you want you want to bring it down or bring it up. So for me, it, it answered all the questions, but I didn't really know if it would work until they got it in the monitor, until Panasonic got it in their camera. And now it's kind of taking off. Now, now the manufacturers that I've been talking to for years get it. You know, before they go, hey, IRE and our waveform monitors are fine. We don't need anything else in the camera, you know? But... That's that's where I am with it. Yeah, I mean, when you think about when I transitioned from film to digital, there was this big learning curve with understanding what the stops are based on, you know, the grayscale, based on this IRE thing. And false color was really the only way I was able to get in there in regarding to understanding where my exposure was. And with Flanders, I was able to at least move the scale. Right. It wasn't just baked in like most monitors. It's just baked in. You can't change it. Right. But with Flanders, you can change where you want your blacks to, right. you know, crush. You can wear your highlights, you know, clip. You can, and then you can adjust that grayscale. So that made it a lot easier. But this is a no-brainer for cinematographers that immediately we're going to know, oh, that's six over? Okay, gotcha, you know? And then when you pitched this to me, when you said, hey, Shane, I want to come in and talk about this, I was like, oh, my God. Think about how easy it's going to be to do pickups, to do additional photography. Because right now, all I'm doing is taking a screen grab and that screen grab, I'm trying to analyze the ratios. Now, of course, you can put it on a monitor side by side and you can get it very close. But the whole scenario is now I know exactly what my contrast ratio is. Yeah. And with a light meter, I well, match that, it. Why don't we show you just on you right here? I brought my spot meter. My yeah, let's do that. Meter, and, and maybe we could just, you know, seeing is believing. Okay, so All there right, I so am. There you are. 
Now, I am going to read where it's 800. 800 ISO. All right. So I would say it's about, it, not about, it's uh, 4, 3, 4, 2, 4, 3. Okay. And then if we go over to your scale. And the scale is right on the monitor, so, you know, there's no question. So the most important part of this is the 18% gray because that's, the you know, the center of our exposure range. And then what I did is I made it half a stop on either side of the 18% gray because for me, the most important part is the flesh tone, where you're placing the flesh tone. Right. So we'll look at this. So like the highlight on your forehead is a half a stop to a stop. We're 18% gray here, and now we're a half a stop down here to a stop. Now I did something else where I did a lot of beta testing, and there are, there are other systems that try to do this, but they're based on IRE. And the problem with IRE versus logarithmic stops is, and this is a very important part, is IRE is linear. It's zero to one or zero to two. 10. Right. So two to two eight is zero to one. Two eight to four, zero to one. And that's why there's always a discrepancy when you use your meter on the set. No, nothing ever to, matches. It never matches. But logarithmic means you double the amount of light. When you go 2 to 2, 8, you've doubled the amount of light. When you go 2, 8 to 4, you've doubled the amount of light. This takes into consideration what you're doing well, logarithmic. Think about from a light standpoint, if I want another stop, say I have a 5K that's keying us. Right. If I want another stop... I need to add another 5K. Exactly. I can't add a 2K. Right. I have to add another 5K to actually add one stop. Exactly. It's, it's a lot of people don't really understand right. that sometimes. Well, I think what happened was engineers that created the electronic medium of what these cameras are, which they did a brilliant job, never really thought in the analog world right so i'm using the analog world to understand the digital world <laughs> for myself right you know, it, it was i'm not that brilliant but it was just like how do i understand what i'm doing right. all right so this only goes out to six stops so the reason i did that is because i found if you have more colors it gets confusing in the viewfinder because right. you also can see this in the viewfinder, especially like dock guys or or if you don't have a DIT, right. right? So another thing I did is dark color, light color, dark color, light color. So again, you see the distinction between a half a stop to a stop, but even though it's in the same family. So the solution to this is that you will make, you'll hit another button. This is a button that you could save you could hit a, another button and these stops on the outer over or under will be two stops because that is as important. You just want to know you have detail out here. Right. So this could be three to four, four to five, five to six. Then you're at seven or if you want to make it three stops. So that way you still will maintain the same color spectrum 
and it's a standard. I want people to be able to understand this, that they can go from an Aerie to a Sony to a, a Red, have different cameras, even still cameras on that, that will all have the same language for exposure to create the looks. And that's the cool thing within the small <laughs> HD. You can select the exact camera that you're using. You can then select the color spaces that you're using. So it is as accurate as possible. And I love this half stop thing because when you and I were exposing film, I always overexposed my film on the norm, right. correct? Right. A half stop. So you would have better printer lights. Exactly. And in the digital world, you probably want to go a half down so you have the information. Correct, yes. Exactly. And the other thing is that you can train yourself like, hey, I like the flesh tone a stop down to two stops down, or I like the... And then you can be consistent between the scenes. Correct. Or like I say, you can go back a month, six months, a year and recreate exactly. Because I've talked to a number of cinematographers that, oh, I don't use a light meter. I go, great. But how about if you could recreate exactly the exposure in the set or on location because you have a frame grab tracking that exact exposure. They go, oh, I could use that. Exactly. I mean, you're always doing additional photography, you know, that goes to the test screening and the test screening says, oh, I'm confused here. And then you have to go and you have to shoot a little stuff to try and clean it up and make sure that the audience understands. Uh, we've all done those kind of pickups and reshoots. But then there's also the kind of you know, splinter unit kind of stuff. So we've oh. shot on a set and we've already <clears throat> gone. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we forgot that close up. Bring the desk in here, manipulate the light, match the light for this close up. Well, if you have the ratios that you can pull up on your screen grab of that scene that you shot, well, now it just is plug and play. You're able to match the ratios exactly and you're able to pick up these shots and they're seamlessly cut in. Or how often do you have to give it off to another cinematographer? No, that's exactly right. And you give them a reference, say, hey, that's how I exposed it. So it isn't like you're getting, oh, mm, well, he did something different than I did. Right. He'll have a direct reference We're for this. You're knighting everyone on one system. Just like anything works better when there's not 99 people making a movie. We're just trying to make one movie. One script. <laughs> and another thing that I didn't even realize was post facilities are, are reaching out to me to put this in. So they have a better communication with the image makers, either when they're transferring it and they can give them the information. of, And sometimes you get a different DIT. So he has a different way he wants to expose your negative because he's trying to protect his area yep. and you go no i want the flesh down it uh, stop down in dark green i don't want it in yellow because i know i can print it down it's going to look different right so what's interesting about this is wow you're wearing 18 percent gray there's a cameraman for you he well i thought i'd do that for this interview <laughs> well that's nice <laughs> and and you're wearing a black shirt and look, it's, it's got four stops down. There is information in that black shirt. I never would have known that if I, right. you know. And the other thing is, you know, when we went from film to digital, 
you know, we would be discussing with the lab every day, what are my printer lights? Where, you know, we would always be having that conversation with our color timer at, at the lab. And, you know, when I go in and build my lookup tables for digital, I'm always uh, working with the colorist and they say, Shane, let's just do lift, gamma, and gain, which is basically printer lights. I'm not going into secondaries. I'm not getting any bells and whistles of, of window technology and any of that stuff. I'm just going with printer lights. And that's the way you keep a very consistent look throughout by you building your LUTs, quote unquote, your show LUT, and then you have your CDLs that you can apply on top of that to make it, you know, blue green or, you know, whatever you want. But they're still working in the vein of printer lights to this day, even with all this digital technology. Uh uh Aha, Well, the other cool thing for me is you can shoot at different ASAs, different camera speeds. 18% gray is 18% 18 gray. Or if the monitor is off, the monitor isn't set up properly, you're still going to see 18% gray. Right, exactly. No, this is genius. I, I love this. And this is this is also, you know, I think about to all the young uh, director of photographies coming up the ladder. I mean, this is going to be, this is going to start to bring that, I, it's like how I light as well. I'm using a lot of the old school lights right. mixed with the new technology. Right, right. And that's a beautiful marriage. And this is using standard of stops, which right. everyone knows what that is. That's what the photographic medium was set up to. Exactly. You know, and, you know, an EL, I, I want people to know, EL is not my initials. It's, I thought it was for sure Ed Lockman. Well, it's exposure latitude. <laughs> It's so good. So where do you go from now? So you are obviously talking to other, uh, you know, camera manufacturers and stuff. How is that all going? Well, basically, I've talked to everybody. And I feel like David and Goliath, they kind of get it. But, of course, do they really want to, like, put something else in the camera? Do they want to pay a small licensing fee? I've patented this. I've trademarked it because it's kind of what I wanted to give back to the industry because this is the way I learned or taught myself. And I just thought what I don't understand about the digital world, this made sense to me. And I have the time now that I'd like to like present this. So for me, if people, what, what they basically said to me, is if people say they want it, we can put it in the camera. So the more people that can reach out to Airy, Sony, Red, even though they've all said, yes, we're interested, they'll put it in the cameras. I mean, thank God it's in small HD. But, so you can use it on any camera, but it will be the most accurate and you'll have less setup time that you know it's in the camera. Right, that way I'm looking at the EVF and I'm seeing it yeah, in there. Yeah, it's right there. It on the monitor. So th- yeah. that, that to me. So if I get anything out of this interview, I just would love people to respond to the camera matter and say, hey, why can't we have this in, you know, your cameras? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just see, you know, so many, such a great learning experience of really associating how 
you know, not just a, in a IRE factor of, oh, you're four, you're four in the blacks. No, I want to know I'm minus six. I'm under six stops under in the right. blacks. That's something that is is relatable to, to everyone. And, you know, you think about like what you were showing us, the book of light and how you put where you're positioned and your ratios, basically your contrast, right? Uh, are you two stops down? Are you three stops down? Whatever on the face, all these different things. And I think that more than anything, every film has this situation where you're going back and you're having to recreate something that you've already done sometimes six months, sometimes eight months later. And, you know, it's like I had to, you know, I would have my gaffer make all those notes. I would go out and take the light meter readings. Everyone's like, Shane, why are you still using a light meter? Mm -hmm. It's digital. Yeah. What you see is what you get. Right. Right. And I was like, yes, but if I have to come back and match that, right. I need to know what my ratios are. Right. I need to know what the color temp is. And now, you know, the metadata doesn't track either. Like if I, I'm shooting with red on this metadata and then all of a sudden that's gone, takes, goes to the Avid and then the raw files are generated and they're put into DPX files for color correction, all the metadata is lost. I, can't, I don't know if right. that camera was shot at 3,200 or 3,700 Calvin. Right. I don't know what any of that metadata is. Right. So I was like, okay, how can I track all this? And I basically did it analog. But right. now you're taking an analog system and now bringing it into the high-tech world right. of digital and then being able to customize it per camera and right on the monitor. Right. Well, you know, there's something <clears throat> I thought about when I showed this early on to camera manufacturers. They were like, oh, yeah, this can work, but I don't want everyone to know what the latitude of our <laughs> cameras are. I think there was resistance in the beginning mm. because now you really can track where the exposure is on the sensor. Right. But now the sensors are very good in all the cameras, so yeah. they're not so defensive about that. No, but exactly. I, this is how but, they were, and now yeah, they've yeah, come to like yeah. that. So, you know? But I think in the beginning, people were hesitant to embrace this because they realize that would again i want to put the control of the image back to the cinematographer correct we're, we're slowly it's all ebbing away from us you no know? it is and i want to be able to be in the moment on the camera being able to see what i'm shooting in my composition and know that exposure i don't want to have to always rely on going back to that tent i hate that tent i hate going in there it, right it detaches well, it you away from what you should be looking at and it detaches you away from the actor the director mm -hmm. i want to uh, that's why i have my little innovative deploy cart where right. i can push that thing in as close to the action as possible uh -huh. so i'm very close to the director i I have the director right next to me. So we're we're looking at color calibrated monitors. What you see is what you get. Uh -huh. We're selecting the LUTs and all that. But now with this tool, I'm able to show the exposure. I'm able to, you know, talk to the director saying, okay, we're going silhouette here, right? Right. You, you know what we could do? Why don't you go on it and we'll, we'll change the exposure. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be fun to, to watch. Bring it down a stop or two. 
and we'll see. Bring it down to stop, and we'll see if it tracks. Yeah. All right, so, so look at that. You're still getting information. That's a stop down, half a stop down. Your hair is uh, four stops down to five stops down. Yeah, and then if we go back to the log file, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely a, a very underexposed image. Yeah. yeah, but you know you still have information. Exactly, correct. And go the other way on the overside. Yeah, keep just keep going. Eight. Yeah, just keep going. I just want to see. So here we're we're a half a stop to a stop stop stop. Whoa whoa. So we know we still have information that's three to four stops over in yep, the right red and the, the orange. orange. Yeah. And then you're a, a stop and a half a stop over there. Yeah, and you're still holding that detail in this light because that's only five right. stops over. So you're able to to see all that detail. Uh, in that fixture. And the last film I did was in black and white. Uh, actually, Airy made a monochromatic LF that was the first one that you know we tested. Yeah, that's it. a good image. That's a that's not a bad exposure right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, I felt like Ensel Adams exposing black and white and being able to reference the zone system with black and white. Right. That was like a godsend. I didn't want to go back and shoot in color anymore because it was such a great intuitive way of interpreting what the exposure should be. Right. That's great. Awesome. All right, so we're getting the the um camera companies on board. Um you're you're bringing around a sign-up sheet so we can, you know Well, yeah, I want to show them that that people get it. So far, every rental company I've shown this to in L.A. because I came out here from you know, the beginning of the year. I live in New York still. Um, has signed it and went on board with it. That's great. So now I'm just reaching out to the cinematographers that I know and respect and, and see what they think and get their input. Because I've had this for years, but I, not to the point where I could really show it to people how it works, right. you know? And now that people see it works, even if they say, I don't use the light meter, I use my eye, great, but you have a reference now when you go in to reshoot something or to communicate to somebody else what you're doing. I mean, I'm just thinking about this in, in a wild way. So what you created with the book of light and writing down all that, now what I would do on set is I would just make sure that I, uh, for my, um, you know, resources, I would want to take a picture of the image, right? Then I would throw this on there, take a screen grab of that, and then file that. And that almost becomes my digital book of light. That's it. That's right? all it is. And, and you that's just have all that you need. a reference. You always know what these stops represent. Correct. And th that's why I want, it's very important to me that every manufacturer, wherever this goes, uses the same, same colors. consistent colors. So then everybody knows what the colors represent. Yeah. And no, it's, it's in brilliant. the viewfinder. And yeah. For docs, it's great. They can immediately figure out their exposure yeah. in a doc situation. And so many times you're, you're on set and you're, you're 
outside and you know the clouds come in or the the sun breaks out and you're always trying to you know adjust that exposure on the fly you might have dialed it in beautifully with the dit when the sun right. was is was in the clouds right but then all of a sudden it pops up and now it's a big scramble and obviously we have iris controls to be able to do all that stuff but this is a peace of mind to know that the exposure is right on and i can see my scale and I know exactly where I'm exposed. Well, that's interesting. I never thought of that. The, the idea of, cha- of 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 modulating your exposure on on the fly when when you know how many times we we uh, change our exposure when we're moving the camera. Yes. This this would be that's true. I've used it that way on the last film. I was watching this to modify what the exposure was. Exactly. While he's like you're doing well, a long I'm, shot. Yeah, like I'm going, going interior, exterior. exterior. Yeah. It was a much more intuitive way for me of to course. see what I was doing. Yeah. No, that's that's fantastic. Well, well thank what you. else you got for me? You got well, any other things you no, want to throw I, at me? I, you're like a magician here. No, I, I think this is uh <laughs> The, I, the important part is that people understand IRE is linear and doesn't track exposure the way light is tracked in stops. That, that, that's the game changer. If people understand that, they'll understand why this is what we've been missing in the digital no, world. No, absolutely. You know, I totally see that. And, and you know, I, I love the fact that... Um, you know, one of the aspects that I use with my gaffer, you know, will we'll be by my deploy cart and I'll be, say we're doing a green screen shot and I'll sit there and I'll go, okay, I'm going to finesse the lighting here. You get that green screen. And all I say is most of the time when I'm doing green screen, I underexpose it a stop to two stops. Exactly. So I'm like, just make the green screen green. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, right. And then I can go off and I can do that and he can he or she can use that tool to dial in that instead right. of doing spot metering right. and all that stuff. You're able to, whoa, that uh, upper corner there, take that sky panel down, you know, five points up in the right. upper right. Number right. three, down five. And then boom, all of a sudden the whole green screen goes green. And then you're these, so it's like you're leveraging the technology that we used to do with spot meters and all that stuff to know where it is. And now we're able to pass that off to your gaffer to dial that in and yeah, we can your, continue your to... camera is your spot meter correct i mean the next thing i'm working on it's already been done but we have to implement it is i'm putting it in an app so ah. now you can go with your iphone on location in prep whatever look around and go oh Maybe I don't need a light there. I I got enough light from the detail of the window coming in. Right. Or not. Or, hey, yeah, maybe I need a 18K here. It will be another way you can store information in pre-production with your iPhone without carrying a lot of equipment with you to create the image later. Oh, I mean, I love that. That's, yeah, I mean... People don't realize the power of these devices. I mean, it's it's 
the, the, there's so much these little things can do, and it really uh, is. Well, you can even somebody told me it's a spot meter. They have a, a oh, they have a spot and a light meter yeah, for this right, thing. Right, it, right. it actually goes right into this port. And right. Be, I mean, what the heck? And you got and you got armatus, you know, with the frame. Oh, lines. the framing. I so love now, that. You know, well, you got now, Filmic Pro, which is like a app that you can shoot a log file on it, and now this thing will do ProRes. Shoot ProRes 4K. Well, yes, I just it's... saw the thing that Ridley Scott shot, like 200 megapixels, you yeah, know, with a galaxy or whatever. I mean, <laughs> give me a break. What do we need? We don't need all we need, or well, we don't even need you know actors anymore. They're all like digitized anyway in Avatar. So right. anyway, this is well. I appreciate was... you having me here, and and I I've been a fan of what you've been doing oh well thank you so much ed and and right back at you and i really love how much you invest the time uh in you know really um creating this tool for uh up-and-coming cinematographers and for for seasoned photographers cinematographers and everything to understand hey finally i got it to a stop and not an ire right you know international radio engineers uh, scale. Well, it gives me something to do in my old age. <laughs> it was Thanks. an absolute pleasure. Thank All you. right. That concludes our episode with Ed Lockman and his EL Zone system with the small HD in the Inner Circle Podcast. Hi, I'm Shane Hurlbut, and I'm an ASC cinematographer. And my wife and I have created this incredible resource called the Filmmakers Academy. And we'd love for you to download and rate our app. If you're a filmmaker, do yourself a favor and download the Filmmakers Academy app today. It's available wherever you get your apps, most notably the App Store, Google Play, Amazon App Store, and the Roku Channel Store. The app includes everything on the platform for all access members and from content to community and coaching opportunities, everything you need to master your craft. So download the app. And this is the most important part. Be sure to rate it. Rating us really helps us spread the word and enhance our rankings in this dedicated app store. So if you love what we're doing, this is a way to show it. Together, let's take your career as a filmmaker to the next level.